0: Okay, amen. Kind of caught me off balance, that meet and greet piece. (laughs) Threw me off a little bit. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for another wonderful day. We thank you for the word that we are about to receive in advance. We pray, God, that our hearts would be pliable and receptive and that the word would bring increase in our lives, that we might glorify you in all that we say and all that we do. Bless the pastor and give him strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, God. So uh, I wanted to announce to you also. Last week at the end of service, we talked. I, I just mentioned at the end of service. I said, you know, one of our members, Earl Moses, is a coach. For the football team up in Ferguson where the the young men and women from Ferguson go to to high school at McClure High School and he's been very active in trying to, um, you know, help that football team and help these young men on the team. They make breakfast for the, 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 the players and we've joined with them in that effort before. And so last week at the end of service. I said, hey, you know, Earl is, Earl is starting an initiative to try to raise some money to buy uniforms for the McClure High School football team. Uh, they haven't gotten new uniforms for eight years, and uh, it's just a way that they're trying to show the love of Christ. And I thought, you know, what if we, you know, pitch in a little bit on that effort? Well, I just want to tell you that last Sunday, uh, you guys gave over $1,000 just for that purpose right there. And it's really awesome. If you want to learn more about what they're doing, you can go on our church's Facebook page. Uh, and if you're not on there yet, that's a great way to stay updated. Go on our church's Facebook page, and there's a link to what they're doing, and there's a video and a lot of cool stuff. So really, really proud of what you guys are doing. Um, if you also want to stay in touch with what we're going to be doing as a church and what we are already doing, uh, let us know. Make sure that we have your email address. You will not get spammed if, we, if you give us your email address. In fact, you'll get an email about once a month. Um, sometimes twice a month, sometimes zero times a month. Uh, But it kind of gives you, we kind of keep you up to date on what's happening with the church. But I'm just really proud of our church, and I'm proud of what we're doing, and I'm proud of the, the, the situation of your heart and your willingness to reach out into the community and for all of us to say, hey, in the midst of turbulent times and troubles and struggles, we don't always know exactly what to do in every situation, but we know this, that we are called here to be peacemakers and to bring hope and faith and love and peace into a troubled, troubled world. And so I'm just proud of our church for being that light. Amen? Mother Ray and my, and my wife are proud of that. I love that. You two are like, a, I just need to have you hang around the house and I'll just say stuff and you guys just get behind me on that. <laughs> uh, so last week in, in this series, we're talking about peace. Last week, we talked about how do we experience peace in our own lives? Uh, we, we were discussing the, the world into which Jesus was born. And, you know, there's this notion of there being peace on earth. Well, Jesus was not born into an earth filled with peace. He was born into an earth filled with chaos and dissension and despair and anger and trouble and political turmoil. And his parents had financial problems. And it was it was not a world of peace. Um, And it's a lot like the world that we're in today. And yet Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. He calls us uh, to go out into the world and to bring peace. So as part of this series, I want to give you a working definition of what I mean when I'm talking about peace. And as believers, what we are called to bring into our families, into our homes, into our schools, into our communities. And here's, here's our working definition of peace. True peace is that joyful and restful state of experiencing tranquility with God, wholeness with self, and harmony with others. You cannot have peace if the relationship between you and God is broken and fractured. You cannot have peace if your understanding of yourself is is not whole and complete or if your life is fractured and structured and, you know, compartmentalized into different areas. You cannot have peace and you cannot have peace if you don't have harmony with other people, true harmony with other people. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you only to experience that for yourself, but we're going to raise the bar for followers of Christ, because I want you to experience that. But I also want you to take that peace and wrap that up in a bow and deliver that to the people in your family and in your school and in your community. I want you to be bearers of peace. I want you to be bringers of peace, makers of peace. Let me read this passage, um, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers, for they they will be called the children of God. He said, you are the light of the earth. You are the the, the salt of the earth. Uh, You are the light of the earth. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, he said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Who are the peacemakers That Jesus is talking about blessed are the peacemakers he tells us you you're the peacemakers you are the light of the world you are the salt of the world I'm calling you to bring light now we hear that and we go you know what there's a ton of stuff going on and it's can be overwhelming we may not even have peace between you know, you and your spouse, or you and your child, or you and your roommate, or you and your professor, or you and whoever it is. How can I be a bearer of peace to the world if I'm struggling to have harmony with someone this close to me? Uh, so today I'm going to give you, I'm going to talk, talk with you, just sort of a teaching, talking uh, sermon today about how you can be a peacemaker in your world. And, and to do that, we need to understand what peacemaking is. The first thing that peacemaking is, is what it's not. Peacemaking is not passivity. Peacemaking is not passivity. Have you ever been around somebody who just tries to keep the peace by being passive and inactive and silent? And sometimes that actually generates greater chaos and greater animosity and greater problems than if somebody would step forward and right a wrong, right? Because sometimes people confuse passivity for peace, the other the other day, my wife and I were at a, a, a restaurant. We were on our date night. And, you know, in a restaurant, it was busy. The waiter was hustling around. He was a nice guy. He was trying to, you know, get everybody's food. And they brought Rebecca's food out. It was delicious. It looked perfect. They brought my food out, and it was like raw and undercooked and not right. I mean, there was a portion of it that was okay, but the other part of it was not good. And I kind of just sort of made an internal decision like, eh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to push it. You know I'm just going to eat what I've got. You know what I mean? I bet it, it, for you, those of you that are in couples, one of you is the you need to send that food back. And the other one is like, "No, no, 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 it's okay." Right? Am I right? I was the no 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 no, right? I was the passive one in this situation. I'm like, "It'll be okay." But I didn't even say it and I and I didn't even I didn't say it out loud, but immediately Rebecca's like, "Excuse me, sir." And like she grabs the waiter, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, um, his food is not right. So she sends it back. You know, I'm trying to keep the peace through passivity. She's trying to bring the peace by righting a wrong that had happened, right? And, and, and that's sort of a, a, you know, a comical example. But in our lives and, and, and sometimes in our families and in our world, we see the tragic circumstances of not addressing something that's wrong because we want to keep the peace through passivity, uh, we have a friend, a very dear family friend, um, on the west coast. Rebecca and I. Uh, it was a young woman who grew up in a in a home that, from the outside, ostensibly this family looked neat and proper and good. And this girl had three uh, had two sisters. There were three of them, and by every outside appearance, their life was absolutely pristine. Everything was great. Um, they were pillars in the community. They were members of the church. And it only came to light years later that there was a great deal of distress in their family. The father had uh, had sexually abused um, our family friend, and not only her, but both of her sisters. And it, when this became known to the mother, um, rather than confront the father— the mother felt like she could keep the peace in the house by not addressing the wrong that had been done. It only came to light years later uh, when there was another victim to to, to this guy's um, actions. It only came to light years later, and that's when sort of the, the lid came off, right? The cover came off, and what we found out is that right under this appearance of peace in this family, there was great turmoil, there was great distress, there was great heartache, there was great heartbreak Uh, because people, in in this case, the mother mistook passivity for peace. She wanted to keep the peace and instead instigated a great deal of turmoil. Uh, Jesus says, or sorry, James, uh, Jesus' brother, uh, says in James chapter 2, he says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and without daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, stay well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? Jesus says you don't create peace by saying peace, peace to you, brother. Right. I know you're hungry. You don't have any clothes. Peace to you. That doesn't create peace. That's passivity mistaken for peace. Right. James says, go out and do something. You need to you bring peace by addressing something that's wrong, by pointing it out and doing something. Uh, Jesus is called the prince of peace. But at the same time, Jesus, remember, before he went to the temple, weaved a cat of nine tails and went into the temple and drove out the money changers to bring ultimate peace. Right. Amen. Peace is not passivity. Number two, peace is not coercion. Uh, Have you ever experienced where someone tries to impose peace on a situation? Like this happens at family dinners, right? When there are people coming around and you're trying to get everything right. You want everything to be just right, you know, and things are not going right. And so finally somebody, maybe it's me or maybe, you know, somebody else uh, says, can we just sit down and have a peaceful family dinner, right? Right. And you're just using the heavy hand to bring peace into the house. Well, what you will get is quietness, but it will not be peace. for For the first 200 years, from zero to 200 A.D., uh, there was historians will tell you there was a period of time throughout Europe and Asia called the Pax Romana, and the Pax Romana it means Roman peace, and it's a 200 year period where there was sort of like kind of like peace. There weren't a lot of wars, but it wasn't because things were peaceful. It was because the Romans had so much military might that they stamped out every possibility of anyone uh, rising up. And then when the Romans lost their ability, uh, lost their strength, lost their might, then battles grew up everywhere. So peace is not coercion. We cannot impose peace on someone. Matthew, Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Some of us, we need to learn that in our families and in our homes and with our friends. We cannot just impose peace. We need to serve. We need to love. We need to bring peace by serving somebody else. Number three is peacemaking requires humble listening. Humble listening. Um If you've been following the news, uh, then you don't even have to be following the news. You're you're aware of, and you and you were probably like me, troubled by all of the, the the situations that are arising in different cities around. Um, our nation, uh, the Michael Brown case and the Eric Garner case and the Tamir Rice case—I don't know about you, but the, these deeply trouble me. As a pastor in St. Louis, a pastor of a multi-ethnic congregation where people from different, you know, cultures and races come together to worship God together, when I see things like this in the news, it troubles me deeply. Um, and if you log on to social media, which I don't necessarily recommend. Um, you will find that many of your friends and acquaintances turn out to be experts in law and policy and policing and race relations and, you know, ethics and personal responsibility. They got it, you know, um, and and you didn't know this about them, right? Um, And there are a few qualities that many of the posts and even the media and, you know, across the boards share, and I've, I've written them down for you. One is that Everyone who shares on these subjects are emphatically certain that they are correct and that only they are correct and that if everyone would just see the world the way they saw it, everything would be fine, right? Emphatic correctness is one of the qualities uh, of most of the posts I've seen. Um, The second quality is nobody's actually listening to anybody else. People are responding to questions that haven't been answered. People are responding to issues that haven't been raised. Uh, people come to this whole whole series of tragedies with their own bias and with their own issues that they want to address, but they're not actually listening to each other. I can't tell you how many times if you map out a discussion, you find that this person is saying this, this person is not responding to that, they're saying something else, and then they're coming back and responding to something else. And before you know it, it's like they're talking, they have eight conversations going, and no one has heard what the other person has said. And the third quality that that I'm seeing, both that I find troubling in in the news media and on social media, is that there's a complete apparent lack of empathy among many people in responding to people that see, have a different viewpoint than them. Um, And people are not feeling uh, each other's scenario and each other's situation. Listen to what James says about this. My dear brothers and sisters, he said, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to anger. 1 Corinthians says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I'm just a sounding gong. I'm a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. As brothers and sisters in Christ, as Christians, those of us that call ourselves believers, we need to be speaking into the tragedies around us with a heart of love, and a heart of empathy, and a heart of hope. And sometimes we need to not be speaking into them at all. Sometimes we need to be listening, and we need to be slow to speak, quick to listen. And when we do, we bring love, and hope, and faith, and peace into our world around us. Amen. I'm just feeling that, and I think that's just important for the church to hear. Amen. Amen. My wife just stepped out probably to feed the baby because I was like, I needed a little more applause from her. There we go. Come on. (laughs) Um, Peacemaking requires godly vision. Lee, would you grab those sunglasses for me? I left those sunglasses over there. I want to show you something. Uh, Peacemaking requires godly vision. Thank you. So I've got a couple pairs of sunglasses up here, um, and I'm going to just put one pair on, and then I'm going to take it off and put the other pair on. This is, this is, these, are night, these are night sunglasses. What do you think? Cool? So when I look at you right now, you look yellow to me, <laughs> because I'm looking at you through yellow lenses. Now I can't see you at all. I like this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Craig, don't take that personally. Um, Here's what happens: every single one of us, when we look at another person, when we look at an experience or a situation or event, we look at things through the lens of our own experience, through the through the lens of our own history through the lens of our own expectations, through the lens of our own education, through the lens of our own upbringing. Nobody is looking at any event the same way as somebody else. Nobody is looking at another person the same way as somebody else. In fact, it is impossible to see an event or a person or a situation through a non-lens because it's just what you come to the earth with. There are no hyper rational objective beings in this place that see things for what they are. God does, but we don't. We come with our own loaded history and with our own experiences and with our own you know, background and our own challenges. So how can we bring peace? How can we be bearers of peace? That'll be interesting when she tries to play a keyboard later. Um, that, uh, how can we be bearers of peace? When we can't see something the way that somebody else... Because that's where all dissensions and difficulties and challenges arise. Two people are looking at the same thing, but they're looking at it through different lenses. And that's the difficulty, right? Listen to what Philippians says. Philippians says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. In humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, here it is, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What, Jesus, what, what, what uh, Paul is saying here about Jesus is this. I want, you're, you're not going to be able to look at a situation or somebody else through their eyes. But try to look at them through the eyes of Christ. Try to look through the lens of Jesus because when Jesus sees another person, Jesus sees somebody that he's willing to give his life up for. Jesus sees a person that he is willing to suffer and die for. So to bring peace, to become a peacemaker, we have to discipline ourselves and practice seeing through the eyes of Christ, seeing through the lens of Christ, seeing primarily in love, seeing primarily in a in a willingness to lay down our life and suffer for someone else, the Scripture goes on to say that you know he he didn't seek to attain this uh, this this uh, equality with God, but rather humbled himself and became a servant for others. And that's what Philippians is. That's what Paul is telling us to do in this passage. He's saying. You can be a peacemaker, but you can only do it if you're willing and able to see somebody through the eyes of Christ. That is not easy to do. I mean, it's so not easy to do. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, boom, you're not, you're not seeing it through the eyes of Christ, right? It's hard to do, but that's where we have to keep, as if we're going to be believers, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we have to keep pushing back to that, seeing through the eyes of Christ. Number five, peacemaking requires sustained effort sustained effort some of you are coming today to church and you're tired and you're worn out and you got family drama and you got you got job problems and there are issues going on and then you look at the bigger world around you and you go i mean, I just don't know i'm tired what can i do i don't know if i can do anything i'm i'm like i'm up to here i just want to lie down and just cry i'm just i'm done right well, we're going to help you today. We're going to help you. Um, we've got, if you open your bulletins, you've got a little card in there. It's a little three by five index card. Um, and it says just a little something to make you smile. What I want you to do this week, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to do this this week. You, 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 can't, you, you can't tackle all the problems in the world today, uh, or this week, or this month. And I can't either. But what we can do is we can we can do a little a little gesture here and there that's going to brighten somebody's day. And it may even brighten your day. Um, I'm going to call these ordained acts of kindness instead of random acts of kindness. Okay, that's just a Christian, a Christian slant we're going to we're going to throw on it this week, maybe today. Do something for someone that's just unexpected. Doesn't have to be big. You're driving down the street. You see somebody standing there waiting for the bus. Pull over, give them $3 and say, this is for your bus fare and hand them this card. Just a little something to make you smile. If you see, uh, if you drive and you see a a homeless person on the street, grab a a Mickey D's, grab a White Castle, drop it off, give them a card and say, just a little something to make you smile. If you're at Starbucks and you drive through, buy the person's coffee behind you and give them this card, just a little something to make you smile. It's not going to change the world. It's not, it's, not going to make a dramatic, it's not going to make a dramatic impact. It's not going to sweep the globe. But it's going to make the difference for that person that you do that for. Be not weary, the Bible says, um, in well-doing. Let me, let me turn you to Galatians. Uh, Galatians 6 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let's just do some good. Let's just do a little bit of good this, this week, today, tomorrow, this week, and just see how that ripples back. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, I think we have our church's email on here. I'm interested to see if we get emails from people this week saying, yeah, I got a nice white castle from somebody at your church. This week. Um, if we do, I'll read them to you. Um, if we don't, then I'm going to order more cards and say, another round. Um, let's try this again. <laughs> um We're not going to change the world, but if we will be encouraged to not give up, we will see a harvest for our rewards. That means with your family, with your friends, at your school, in your community, don't give up. Don't give up yet, folks. Be encouraged. Be strong. Let's do this together. And when you are weak and when you feel weak, turn to somebody else and ask for prayer. Have somebody support you. Reach out to uh, one of your brothers or sisters in Christ. Let's just stay strong, stay encouraged, build each other up, and go out and do good. And then this is the last one. Peacemaking requires dependence upon the God of peace. It Requires dependence upon the God of peace. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot do it. I you know I, I have been the last few weeks um, just so tore up about everything that I'm reading and about responses and about responses to responses uh, in 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 the world and in the community that I the other day I was I was working on a sermon and my wife came into my office and uh, you know I just I just put my head on her shoulder and I just started to sob because it just Sometimes I feel like, man, how can we, you know, it's so troubling what we're seeing around us. I don't know if it troubles you, but it just burdens my heart. It just burdens my heart. And I go, God, you know, what are we, how, how can we address this? It's so complex. What can we do? You know, and, and you know, I, I'm like, God, I'm not an expert. I'm like all of my friends on Facebook, right? I'm not A Policy expert. I'm not an expert on race relations. I'm not an expert on policing. I'm not an expert on criminology I don't know all of the ins and outs of you know of what needs to be done And this is the reminder that I think God gave me In my heart God sort of reminded me in my own heart like okay. Yeah, you're not you're not that but here's what you are I've called you to be a pastor of a church St. Louis, a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church here in St. Louis, who is striving to experience the love of God in our own lives, and then who are sharing that with the people around us. That's what you're called to do, and I called you to that. You're not doing it yourself. This church is not your deal. This is my deal, God is saying, and I'm going to give you the strength and the wisdom, and the ability, and you're not going to get it perfect, but you're going to bring peace, and hope, and faith, and love into a broken community, if you just follow me. Amen? Hebrews 13 says this, Now may the God of peace, may the God of peace, equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The God of peace will equip us to do what he's called us to do. The scripture says that he, he who has begun a good work in us will see it through to completion. He is going to continue to give us strength and, 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 and faith and hope to keep moving forward and to bring peace into our broken World. I believe that, and we can't do it with him, but we can completely do it with him. Uh, he is a limitless God. We are limited by our, by our own intelligence, by our own skills, and our own abilities. He is limitless. He can do things in us and through us that we cannot do. So we have to just depend upon him, trust upon him. And um, I'm going to close just by giving you five real basic applications. So, Rebecca, you can come on up and play. Five things that you can do right now. If you got a pen, write these down. Number one, I'm going to ask each and every person in our congregation to pray for peace. Pray for peace. And not only pray for peace, but pray for others. Pray for those who disagree with you. Pray for those who you do not understand. Pray for those who you are angry at. Pray for those who you want to dismiss. Pray for those who you don't like, whoever that is and whatever, you know, equation on in this whole complex scenario, pray for, pray for those uh, that you, that you consider to be wrong. Pray for them. Um, Number two is use your influence, which you actually have, whether you know it or not in the little micro environments where you are, whether that's in your family or in your school or on your job use your influence to bring peace when there's discord use your influence and and that's on a personal level and then that's on a on a system-wide level use your influence your your strength your intelligence your money your abilities your connections do what you can to bring peace into uh, the situations around you number three get involved in a church and I think this is the best church in St. Louis, but I'm biased, so don't. That's not, you know, that's not, that's not Bible. Um, uh, <laughs> but get involved in a church, either this church or some other church. Serve in that church, give to that church, grow in that church spiritually. I believe that the local church is the light of the world. I believe that. Uh, I, I believe there are a lot of things that can be helpful. Um, but I do believe that without a heart transformation, without a spiritual transformation in the lives of the people who are, you know, who are operating our world, it's not, it's, it's not going to change. There has to be a heart transformation. And I believe that that's what God can provide. God can provide that. So I want to urge you to get involved and get engaged in a church. And number five, and this is especially for, uh, you college students and, and, and high school students, make as you're making big decisions about your life, where it's going, where it's headed, make peacemaking a priority in that. So when you're pursuing a career as a teacher or as a mechanic or as an office worker or as a doctor or as a lawyer or as a legislator, a policymaker, a governor or a president, right make peacemaking a priority in that pursuit think of your career as a way to honor god to bring honor to god to bring fame to god and whatever that is whatever role you're in don't think of it as a paycheck think of it as an opportunity to serve god and to bring honor and glory to him through your work the bible teaches us that we should do everything that we do with all of our might and we should do it as unto the lord if we're a police officer, we're a police officer unto the Lord. If we're a protester, we're a protester as unto the Lord. If we are a school teacher, we're a school teacher as unto the Lord. It whatever it is that we do, let's let's do that as unto the Lord. Let's bring hope and, and let's bring hope to our community by serving Christ in our daily pursuits. It's not just in here. This is like this is just a meeting. This is just a get together. This is an hour and 15 minutes of your week. What matters is what we're doing out there. Let's take it out there. Let's take it out there and be peacemakers. You are the light of the world. You are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the sail. God is the wind. You are the vehicle. God is the fuel. You are the lamp, He is the light. So let your light shine. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, only you can bring peace. Only you can bring peace into our hearts. And only you can give us the strength and the wisdom and the understanding to bring peace into our world. We ask God that today you would give each and every person in here just a a sense of your presence. Let your Holy Spirit just make his presence known in this place right now in the hearts and in the minds of every person who's sitting here. Help us to know that you are in fact the Prince of Peace and you've come to bring peace into our souls. And you've come to give us the strength to take the peace that you've placed in us and to carry that out to the world around us and to be peacemakers in our families and to be peacemakers in our schools and to be peacemakers at our works, at our jobs and to be peacemakers in our city and to be peacemakers around this nation, God. Let every single one of us in here be filled with the spirit that was in Christ who came to bring peace. Father, we ask you this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, I forget what we're doing.